Plagiarize or plagiarize encyclopedias. So boring. Fresh-faced teachers want to tickle them, but a test-based curriculum excludes exploring. I'll let a mystery... Well, I'm in need. Yes, it's a trifling friend indeed. Oh, she's a gold digger. Way over town. That digs on me. Uh. She killed me, man. Now, I ain't saying she a gold digger. Hello. Hello, hello, everyone. This is Senioritis, the newest addition to the Aura family of talk shows, the show where we all blame it on senioritis. If you're lost in the many decisions you have to make during your four years at ABG or just looking to reflect and have a have a good laugh on a Wednesday evening, we have got you covered. We'll be having new guests every week, so stay tuned and follow our page for updates. A little bit about me, uh, the host of the show. My name is Bindi, and I'm a business and inf, um, inf major, currently struggling from senioritis. I wanted to make the show for my fellow confused seniors and freshmen and everybody in between, because why be confused alone when you can be confused together? So for those of you um, who have questions for us, head over to our Instagram account, where we're still accepting question prompts. Our guests will answer your questions after the music break. Um, and without further ado, let's hear from our guest of the week. This week we're talking to Spencer, my boyfriend of two years and also a senior. Thank you for coming, Spencer, and tell us more about yourself. Hello, yes. Uh, my name's Spencer. I'm an American um, student full-time. And yeah, I came here 2019. I intended to study political science international relations and my second major was kind of up in the air until about sophomore year when I decided to um, go for a JMC double major with politics mm-hmm. um, so yeah originally I, I think I wanted to do information systems but the classes clashed like it was really hard to do a double major with those because there's no oh, wow. classes that cross over um, and I didn't hear anything good about the department at all so, um, like I just heard it was very difficult. Um, and I also joined more honors and that kind of mm, tickled my creative, uh, juices and it, <laughs> the JMC major really kind of offers a place to kind of explore that and just kind of have fun with, uh, your creative side. So yeah, those are my two majors. Um, I'm part of more honors, obviously since freshman year, I've dabbled in some other clubs right now. I'm on the board for daily, um, ABG Daily, the newspaper, and also Sustainability Club, Aura. So, been a, been around the block. Been around, yeah. So that's interesting because we've dated for two years, and I've never, um, I never knew that you were considering inf as a major. Yeah, it just always made sense that you were POS and JMC. Like I. I didn't know that you were considering youth and maybe we, we, we would have ended up in the same major if you did go with it. Um, but I do agree, like it's much harder um, and kind of hard to dabble around unless you're really good at like, you know, um, 
self-studying or you have a background yeah. in coding. I, I think a big part for me for choosing not to go down that route was a lot of the feedback I got from other students. Um, not that it was negative feedback. It was just that it, it didn't necessarily match. I wanted to gain some more hard skills. And that's where I thought either like a computer science or information systems would be complement the politics because I would be able to have some hard skills and some soft skills because mm-hmm. I thought that'd be a really good combo. But from what I was able to tell about the information systems major, it didn't necessarily align with those hard skills that I was necessarily looking for. Um, and I was able to find more hard skills, especially in, in the writing journalism courses at APG. So I think the ethos of my choice to wanting to do an information system major was is still here, but I was able to find it in the JMC major. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. And honestly, you learn so much in JMC. Like you, It's really broad. You can learn like how to make a podcast how to edit everything that exists like and what's cool i mean there's there's quite a bit of turnover in professors in the jmc department um Mm -hmm. from my freshman year till now i mean there's there's been a a million different professors but that's allowed us to dive deep in different topics because each professor's really specialized in one thing Mm -hmm. so we had murphy for a few years who was amazing at audio Mm-hmm. And that was his passion. That was his love. And um, the students that were able to work with his podcasting course and sound editing course gained so many hard skills in sound editing. Um, and now we have uh, Dorina uh, Sorelska, um, who spent 20 years in uh, the actual industry, which is unique for a professor. Most of the times they, they go off in academia and come back and try to, you know, we were in that academia funnel uh, versus she kind of brings a new perspective, which is really interesting. And um, obviously Kelly, who, I mean, I absolutely adore uh, her, her, the, the way she teaches writing, I mean, it's just so unique and, and you gain so many different hard skills in writing that you don't even think are possible. Um, and you're able to apply it in such a way where you actually feel like you produce something. So it, it's just like, it's a total range. And we're able to do elective courses in the cost department, um, the one HTML CSS course, mm-hmm. which I think is actually kind of a good skill because you're able yeah. to sift through different websites. And, and when you do some open source intelligence type stuff for journalism majors, um, you can look at the code, like, you know, when you can inspect element or something, mm-hmm. I feel like that course was able to allow me to inspect different new sites and interest try to uh, analyze its credibility and you just get a lot of different information so maybe I'm not going to build a website um, because of the course but I'm definitely have the knowledge base to kind of understand what's happening in some code uh, which can help with journalism if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah for sure and you're obviously really fond of the JMC major um, and I know you're also fond of the post major and I know you're really happy with your majors so um what was your uh what's kind of your favorite part about each major and least favorite part about each major it can be favorite class or um, just an aspect of the major you know um and also the least favorite so maybe starting with pos yeah so for politics definitely i have the least amount of connection with the professors um versus jmc because of the project based you are have more one-on-one with professors versus politics it's a bit more removed so there's a less interpersonal like i'm not besties with phillips or levine or 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 cremois or anything um but yeah so 
just taking that away, I don't think it's necessarily as important for politics. I mean, I I came here wanting to do politics in, in more international relations, and they kind of merge here. So um, most universities, they separate political science from international relations. They're two separate fields within the broader um, study. So, you know, you're kind of forced to take some political theory courses at the beginning, which I didn't necessarily uh want i was more like uh global politics with levine that was kind of the class that i wanted as a major um to kind of expand on and i was able to do that um once you get in the higher three four hundred level courses you you can kind of pick uh not not quite concentrations but um you you can kind of go into classes you want to study so i also like how the political science department and the european studies um department are closely connected here so they're almost one um and i think cromach chairs both departments so they're very closely connected and you're able to take european studies courses um as replacements for certain political science courses which was super valuable because as Mm -hmm. a as an american uh basically immigrating into the european union i wanted to take eu courses so i could understand like uh, you know i i don't have a understanding of how you know european union started or what it means today what rights people have um what type of development is happening now um so taking european integration was probably the most influential course i had especially because i took it freshman year when i was still kind of like not dealing with culture shock, but just kind of trying to understand the world I was living in. Um, and then I also took uh, European politics, and right now I'm taking EU-China-Russia relations. Super interesting. Um, and Cromwell taught all three of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't so want to do a European studies major. I definitely wanted to stick with the politics, um, and specifically within the politics major realm. Um, I've enjoyed Levine's courses the most, uh, even though I've not been the best student in his class mm-hmm. <laughs> um but he focuses a lot on russia and central asia um his master's thesis or no phd thesis was about u.s foreign policy in central asia it's a super interesting book um that he published it's on amazon um so yeah i mean it, he's quirky let's put it uh very quirky um but the kindest soul um and the the way the readings and the way they connect to class are super interesting so it's it's definitely one of those courses where you have to do the readings to make sense especially for the midterm and final um but if you're willing to do a bit of the reading and if you find it interesting i mean his courses were um some of the most influential in terms of getting a broader idea about eurasia um eurasian politics which led to me starting my own um radio show here about eurasia politics so i think that that would be the source of you know inspiration hey i think it's time for a plug don't you think plug for your show yeah gazna politics yeah tell Um, me more about it yeah so um i wanted i I joined aura to start the show um and i'm starting it a bit late uh due to some unforeseen (laughs) circumstances but uh i kind of wanted to use radio as a form of journalism um test with it podcasting and all of the european eurasian politics podcasts that are on spotify right now are just bad (laughs) they're boring they're either too um what's the word academic they're either too academic or they're too opinionated Mm -hmm. so there's this weird balance um that i want to find i I don't necessarily want to make a humorous um a humorous politics show uh but i also don't want it to be dry so finding that Mm -hmm. balance of covering news um within the region without being 
like a robot and also without being, you know, um, a certain theatrics uh, person. So I, I wanted to strike a balance there. And that's kind of my experiment for the this semester, next semester that I want to try. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And uh, your next, uh, your first episode is going to be next Monday right uh next, next tuesday. tuesday but i do have a special this friday mm-hmm. um it'll be about the u.s midterms i'll be co-hosting it with ethan perlstein um we have been covering the midterms uh pretty heavily for the past few weeks and now that the results are coming in some interesting stuff in georgia nevada arizona mm-hmm. um really putting our congress um up in the air it'll be very interesting what happens and the results that uh how it impacts us as uh, people abroad, um, countries abroad, how that impacts foreign policy. We'll be getting some quotes from Phillips and students in the class. So I'm super excited to be diving into that on Friday night. Friday night. Yes, tune in. And also on Tuesday night. Tuesday night we'll be discussing Tuesday fascism. Night, every Tuesday night. Fascism mm-hmm. in Italy, right? Fascism, yep. The new Prime Minister Maloney and the uh, Sweden Democrats, a neo-Nazi party that has revived awesome not about the topic but um, i mean about the show yeah yeah yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i think that's a really cool way to kind of combine both of your majors because i think as students like we're always looking for ways to connect our majors or minors in in some way like i whenever i i when i don't know if about you but when I chose business and inf as my majors, I sort of felt this like urge or like um, some kind of a someone like as if someone was telling me that I need to do something related to both fields. So I started looking into, you know, data science, uh, business analytics, and I am really interested in those. But um it's interesting. I don't know if other people experience it. So like if you're... um if you're a politics and business major, for example, people start looking into um, like uh, also like sort of like data science, but also uh, like corporate jobs, I guess. Like politics is like you, you learn how to use politics in your life and then business. It's also like um, social skills. So that's what I kind of um, noticed. I don't know if you... Yeah, I think there's definitely an urge to connect your majors. Um, And I definitely picked JMC to complement my politics major, and I wanted them to be interconnected. Um, But I definitely don't think that's how you have to go about it. Um, I know some people that are psychology majors, which um, really doesn't have a a quite income future, uh, (laughs) stereotypically. Um, Obviously, that's not the case for everyone, but... um, you know, it, it, some people just have psychology because they're interested. Sociology, I mean, these, these type of fields, um, simply because they're interested. And I, I think people shouldn't shy away from um, picking majors simply because they're interested in the topic. Maybe you're a JMC major, but you want to learn how to code, then do a computer science major. I don't think there's a, a need for them to be connected. I just happen to choose, um, and I think most people have an urge to connect them, but I don't necessarily think that should be the, the case. Yeah, or just take a class in what you're interested in. You don't have to make a major. I wasted so many credits on classes I was just interested in. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're, like, just starting out, make sure to, like, really plan everything and not just waste your class. I mean, obviously, 
you can take some things that you're passionate about. Waste a few. Unless unless you're trying to like make two majors and two minors within four years, that's when you need to really like plan everything. Yeah, and I, I know there's some people that come to ABG with like a game plan of exactly what courses they're going to take each semester to get their, you know, 15 million degrees here. But I, I, I feel like that loses some of the reason about liberal arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because liberal arts, I mean, you're supposed to be here to explore. It's about gaining knowledge on a wide base of things. It's it's not about if you were going to pigeonhole yourself, then then just go with the European system because that's what they focus on. Get your degree in three years and get out. Yeah. Go get your master's. Um, there's no point in being here if you're not willing to indulge in liberal arts. Mm-hmm. Was liberal arts a big factor for you? Was it a must? Um, would you say? Coming from the American perspective, liberal arts is the only way. There, we don't have. Um, you, you can't just go get a degree in journalism three years and only study journalism and not study math and not study. You know, take a course mm-hmm. in math, take a course in history um, for university. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't necessarily consider non. I mean, I did consider non-liberal arts schools. You know, in the UK and, and other places in Europe, but. Um, liberal arts is the most familiar with me which i know is a bit unusual for um especially bulgarians and other europeans mm-hmm. yeah for sure like uh, in mongolia they pick out every single class you need to take for four years and you you don't get to choose ever like not even once so which is awesome for the people that know exactly what they want to study mm-hmm. but it, it but it's rarely the case it's rarely the case and it it it, it stops creativity it stops um your brain from working because mm-hmm. you're just going in this uh i don't know on this train track and yeah you can't get off so for sure and um to wrap up our discussion about our majors which major do you think you'll like use you'll focus more on in your postgraduate life whether it's uh, master's degrees or um, professional life which one do you think will be you'll most likely use or will you use both i think i will use the politics major um further in academics um i'm looking at a few master programs and they're all politics related uh so i'm not i'm not really looking at journalism masters but i feel like in you know the real life uh, i will use the skills i learned in the jmc department the most Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot of soft skills and hard skills that I learned in the JMC major that I feel like will be, even if I have a politics related job, it's those journalism, journalism skills that will shine throughout that job. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about freshman Spencer. So how did you change? If you look back four years later, um, when we first met, how did you change from that Spencer to the senior Spencer? Yeah, so I, I landed in August. Um, I came with my parents. Mm-hmm. So I know that's, um, I mean, it's more common for Americans, uh, full-time students, I've noticed. Most of them seem to come with their parents, but I know it's abnormal um, for international students coming from other continents. You know, I know in Mongolia, the only one. Um, has really come with their parents. So that was a bit of a unique experience. They came, uh, we went to Ikea, you know, we rented a car. I was able to get pillows, you know, that type of stuff, the the generic stuff. 
um, and they dropped me off for orientation week. And, and I think the ethos I had for my freshman year was to say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to go to every party. I wanted to join every club. I wanted to just be a yes man um, to keep be involved in the community. I felt like that was the best way to kind of insert myself. Um, I was one of the only Americans, uh, especially orientation week. Yeah. And I was a bit of an oddity, um, <laughs> I guess. So it, I was always referred to like, oh, the, the guy from D.C. Oh, the American. Um, you know, people didn't really know my name, but they knew who I was, which yeah, was a bit weird. Yeah, the full-time weird. American. Yeah, it was, it was unique to have a full-time American, and which is becoming less unique, which I'm very happy about. I'm glad mm-hmm. that more Americans are coming. But uh, it was definitely an oddity four years ago, um, which I think made it easier for me to kind of go to things because they're like, oh, the American, they want to talk to me, um, mm-hmm. you know, and that was really nice. So I found really my core group of friends, Orientation Week, obviously – uh, you know, your orientation group friends blow up um, eventually and it becomes two or three at the end that maybe stick around or, or you know, acquaintances. And I still have two uh, very good friends, um, mm-hmm. you know, my best friends who I'm now roommates with um, from orientation week. And they've helped me through uh, Bulgarian bureaucracy uh, every year. So freshman Spencer was friend building and saying yes to everything. Um and it was very individualistic. I was focused on um, exploring the world on my own, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. So, you know, I took trips with different people and I, you know, I went to different parties. I was joining different clubs. I was just trying to see what was out there to understand. I talked to different people, formulated opinions on my own. Um, which I think kind of solidified a lot of the decisions I made sophomore year to, you know, focus more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I remember you were gone like every weekend freshman year. I I was like, how does this man like uh, afford to live like an Erasmus student? You know what I mean? I I went on one weekend trip abroad. You went on more, I think. Mm-mm. No, I only went to one. I went. To, I went to Paris in November. I went to. A, I went mm. with a couple Pavlina trips. So we went to mm. Sandansky. Mm-hmm. I went on a team building. I th- yep, I went on a team building in December. I went to Paris in November. And I think that's it. Ah, I don't know. I was counting more, but I think I went to Sofia a few times and Plovdiv. So it- oh yeah, so more local trips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what about Spencer now? How is he different? I would say I've become, um, more like an old man. I feel like an old man, you know, um, I can't drink as much as I did freshman year. My back is sore. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, grumpier, I would say. (laughs) um but I'm also a lot more decisive I feel like I know what I want I know what path Mm -hmm. I want um I feel like I have a lot more clarity I'm more comfortable um and yeah I mean Bulgaria has become easier in a way uh freshman year it was a challenge everything was a challenge 
Um, every time I would step outside of campus, life was just a challenge. It was dealing with locals. It was dealing with the cashier at Coughlin and they're rushing and it was trying to find where's the salt. I don't know how to ask for where the salt is. Uh, the migration office, obviously, uh, even even at the even on campus, like at the cafe where they don't speak English. It's just like I could never get a break. The only time I felt like yeah. I got a break from Bulgaria was in my dorm room, you know, looking at my laptop or something. And mm-hmm. um, it, it was a bit overwhelming freshman year. But now it feels like a part of my life. Every time I come back to Bulgaria after a break or after I go home, um, it feels normal. So like I take a um, generally I land late or whatever and I take a taxi down from from the airport. And it's just like uh, my taxi driver always plays this like Chalga YouTube playlist and it's just blaring. And I mean, (laughs) it just makes your ears bleed, but it feels so normal now. And and the architecture, my eyes have become desensitized to a lot of the um mixture of architecture styles and um things that i just weren't used i wasn't used to at all freshman year mm-hmm. yeah. so senior senior year spencer is more determined focused um and, and just a bit older just a bit older yeah <laughs> yeah i think we're just more comfortable and once you find your people you don't really try to you know get more people in that probably don't won't care for you as much as the people you already have so i think that kind of discourages uh, seniors like us to kind of narrow down our circle and you know also uh, also the school load gets bigger so you have less time yeah and it's just like oh it feels draining to try to build new friendships it feels like i mean freshman year it was it was hard it was energy to build these friendships um sophomore year it was like can we keep it together i mean it was with covid and mm-hmm. and there was just a lot of effort to keep and, and build these friendships and now at senior year it's just like i, I just want to say no to things i'm like i'm tired of saying yes um and saying no just feels relaxing um i i, I want to sleep in i want to go to bed early i want to catch up on netflix i want to cook a nice meal um so my priorities have shifted my priority on a thursday night is no longer going to under it's you know baking a chicken with my girlfriend you know it's Mm -hmm. it's just shifted and it's not worse and it's not better it's just different and it's just i think i think a lot of seniors can relate with that feeling of just i I just want to relax there's a lot of a lot of things going on we have a big transition coming um in may and i mean that's a lot to process and it's sad uh to be honest so yeah i think we're all kind of avoiding the sadness and depression and um uncertainty yeah for sure and i think it's okay to say no to things um i think also it's okay to quit things when they don't work out for you um and i think it's okay to step away and to feel old um even though you're not old we're not old no no not at all but it's it's this feeling of you're comfortable in a situation and you don't have the social pressure on you anymore. So I think that I prefer that. I honestly prefer that because freshman year, I was also the same as you. I was saying yes to everything, going to everything. But also everybody else is doing that. But still, it feels kind of forced. Like everybody, uh, everybody else there feels forced. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it, it is much easier to make friends, though freshman year significantly so much easier even in class you just sit next to someone boom friends um whereas now people just already know each other 
in your class, for example. Everybody knows each other's names. Um, so if you haven't been able to make friends freshman year, if you haven't been able to get close freshman year, I feel like come senior year, it's a little bit too distant to make friends. I, I feel that way, at least. Yeah. Like, I've seen this person's face for four years, but we weren't able to, like, really talk before. So now it would be kind of weird to start talking yeah. right right before we're gonna graduate you know what i mean and everything feels that way like i go and i look at um pair of shoes and i'm like i'm not gonna buy this because i'm leaving soon <laughs> you know it's the same thing with like friends which at the same time i probably um you should also be making more friends as a senior on the other perspective because you're leaving soon so you you could also think of that way like you you should be making more memories and more friends um but also it's true that we're leaving soon yeah and I, there's this balance for sure because it's like i can i can feel it sometimes i'll say no too much and you kind of get in this like almost depressive state where you're just kind of watching netflix and trying to avoid life and it's like you need to keep living as a senior like you you need to keep going to parties you need to keep building those friendships but at the same time you're just kind of comfortable and it's like i i know for me it's just like i i process the best when i'm sleeping or resting or kind of in my own like alone space and you know with such a big transition coming that you need time to process so it's this balance of allowing yourself to say no so you can process and and analyze what you're going to do next, but also still be present because you also can't give up on the people you've been friends with or, you know, because that's wrong <laughs> for them for and for yourself. Um, so you can't distance yourself too far, but at the same time, you need to give, give yourself space. Um, and, and I think as seniors now, I understand what previous seniors did. Because I felt like there was, you know, mm. this like, wait, wh why did, um, why did Emma, for example, um, and my one of my amazing friends who was a senior last year, she felt like kind of more distant. And I was like, hey, is like something up? And it's just like, no, it's like you're a senior. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you got to say no. And you, you, you've got to research this program and think about it. And yeah. you need time to think because you're like, oh, do I really want to go to Stockholm for this master's? what does that look like? What's the price? What's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, what's the, you know, there's so many options that we have. And, and at ABG, the world feels like our oyster. I feel like I could go to Beijing to do a master's. I feel like I could go to San Francisco. I feel like I could go to Chile. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it feels so broad, which is difficult. And um, it's just very hard. So allowing yourself to, to think and process and is important, but also don't give up on, on the people here while you're still here some words of wisdom ladies and gentlemen i i totally agree and i think we're going through some hard life decisions right now so don't feel bad for how you're feeling right now and keep moving on with your life and enjoy the rest of your senior year all right so with that conclusion we're actually coming to the music break with three songs that spencer himself picked out um these three songs are um the songs that spencer wishes that under would p play instead of what they play right now so and i think he has curated such an interesting playlist that i think we should move on to it right now
Welcome back, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the music break. You just heard, um, let me bring back, You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift. Taylor's bring version. That, that was not Taylor's version. <gasps> you could have specified. Oh. Bring Me To Life by Ev- Evanescence and War by Katy Perry. What, why did you choose these songs, Spencer? Because... um. Uh, Under has a problem of playing outdated bad songs. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to play outdated bad songs, incorporate some pop into it. Like maybe the whole, not the whole song. Like obviously all of <laughs> Roar is going to be too much, but at least the chorus people can jam out to. Same with like, I mean, You Belong With Me is such an iconic song. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like university, like romance, you know, I feel like there's some connection there. And then, um, I mean, the middle one who cannot jam out to that. So it's really just uh, incorporating maybe some more pop songs and especially that chorus. I've seen a lot of cool um, mixes uh, by some like, I don't know, college DJs in the US, like at frat houses and things. And I mean, they're able to incorporate it. And I don't know why we can't do it here. I feel like people will jam out. um, But, you know, can't ask for too much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, might be too much. Yeah. Right, going back to the topic that we were having, um, I wanted to ask you to summarize the past four years, year by year. Uh, we already talked about freshman Spencer. What about sophomore and junior Spencer? Yeah, so uh, sophomore and junior year were dominated by COVID. Um, so that's a bit unique that uh, really only our class will relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, so sophomore year, you know, is when Bindi and I met and we started dating. So obviously that's a big part of sophomore year Who's that? and junior year. Um, that's you. Oh, okay. Bindi. Ah, okay. Yeah. That's when we gotcha. met. We met in, um, well, we, we met before ABG, but that's a bit of a long story. Uh, and, but we started dating in November of, uh, 2020 so mm-hmm. that's that kind of dominated a lot of my sophomore year <laughs> uh, <laughs> and also I was a lot more involved in more honors um, which took up a lot of my time and everything was shut down I mean classes were online campus was empty uh, for the most part of both years so I really had free roam of the whole campus and only kind of MH people were here and some internationals most of the Bulgarians were home mm-hmm. and it created this really cool uh, community that kind of related on the same things, the same struggles. I mean, you didn't even have flights into Mongolia for two years mm-hmm. uh, that were commercial. They were charter flights. But I mean, just having the ability to share experiences like that um, with like-minded people was really cool. Um, because sometimes with a uh, large number of Bulgarians, sometimes I feel like our stories, not, they are diluted, but it definitely is harder to relate because they were all able to kind of go home mm-hmm. where a lot of us were stuck. Um, I felt very privileged that, uh, commercial flights still operated between Bulgaria and the U S. Uh, so I was able to go home and travel a bit more freely with the Bulgarian ID card in my passport. But I know for other people, it was significantly more strict. And I feel like kind of that experience bonded us in in, uh, in a way that I don't know what other event or situation could bond us like like that. 
So mm-hmm. it was a really unique experience and I, I, that dominated both years um, for me. So it was kind of this COVID uh, utopian situation. Mm-hmm. And the, I think for us, junior year was the busiest I, Would I, you say? I peaked in junior year. Uh, I was present at More Honors. I was heavily involved in daily. I felt like I was producing my best JMC work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I kind of felt like the culmination of my academic experience and uh, club experience peaked junior year. And now kind of I'm in this like advisory role sounds bad, but kind of more I'm in a different position. Mm-hmm. Um just as a club member and as a student here um, because I had to deal with a lot of the administration stuff last year. So yeah, it's an interesting year for sure. And and junior year was definitely, I think, a highlight of mine. Um, Same. Yeah. I I, I feel the same about my junior year. Um, And I guess we're kind of in this like overseeing slash like kind of laid back because obviously you don't want to be too involved but then you're you still want to be active uh in in some way so it's it's like a weird middle place and the challenge for both of our clubs i think is you want the club to continue so there's this weird um balance you have to do so like especially for sus club um but also for mh uh you know, you want this club to survive for many, many more years, which mm-hmm. requires uh, having all four years represented and involved so that you have multiple generations of ABGers to continue this club and hopefully they'll continue that same ethos uh, to its old members. So as you're a senior, you want to be doing the least kind of involved, but most integration of previous years. So you want to be working. I know, you know, I worked uh, trying to integrate more freshman, sophomore uh, even a little bit of juniors in more honors um, just because it's like these are the people that are going to continue this club after the seniors leave and mm-hmm. both of our clubs have a high percentage of seniors so mm-hmm. integrating the sophomores and freshmen earlier I think is definitely a big thing and we're kind of in this awkward tr- training slash advising but chill friend like it's this weird balance because you're, you're trying to think about the club vision but you're also trying to think about the individual and mm-hmm. it's this interesting balance that that i think we're dealing with for sure yeah i think you summed it up perfectly so i wanted to talk more um about kind of aside from uh, clubs right so this is kind of still extracurricular i guess um Dating in in college. Yeah. We can talk a little bit about that. Lovely. So how was your experience? Do you recommend? (laughs) Yeah. So there there are massive pros and I think not massive cons, but (laughs) there's there's definitely some cons, I think, with um, dating. And and something that I saw freshman year that I didn't like was uh, freshman couples seem to stick together and they ignore rest of ABG. So they'll find someone orientation week, fall in love, yada, yada, yada. But then they ignore every party, every event, or they'll only go as a couple and they won't grow as an individual. So it's one of those things where I feel like dating in college is uh, important to 
focus on the relationship with the person that you love, but also grow as an individual and allow each other to grow as individuals because that's what university is about. It's a very individualistic experience. And for me, mm-hmm. I took that to an extreme freshman year. Um, for <laughs> sure, I definitely wanted to kind of focus on my own um, adventures and, and personality and friend groups and things. Um, and when we started dating, I think we did an awesome balance about, um, you know, you having your clubs, my clubs, uh, your friends, my friends, but also being together and and allowing ourselves to grow um, apart. You know, during the summers, we, we've been apart as well um, the past two summers. So you went on work and travel. Uh, I've done a, you know, I did an internship and I went home to work as well. But we were in different locations, which allowed us to kind of grow as people, mm-hmm. individuals, but also still be in a relationship and prioritize the relationship. So yeah. it's definitely this balance and it's a tricky balance. And I find that the worst uh, victims of college relationships seem to be the freshman orientation group couples <laughs> that crumble um, either at some point freshman year or even into sophomore year if they're lucky, if they make it that far. And then now they're lost because their sole friend, sole club like time filler is now gone and now they're like a a a lost puppy and they're trying to find their way which isn't good i mean there's so much to university yeah i'd recommend at least waiting a year and or just experience if you if you're still not ready after a year or be selfish just do what you want i mean if (laughs) if you want to date someone freshman year go for it whatever but be selfish and go to the events alone Mm-hmm. without you know your partner or go to some events with your partner some without just so you still grow as a person because you as an individual is the most important thing through university and if you aren't prioritizing yourself um then there's no way you can also prioritize another person yeah and it's okay if you don't if it's not working out if the person's toxic break up with them period mm-hmm. like it it goes the same with clubs like if if it's not working out you say i'm quitting uh if it's not working out with classes i guess you kind of suffer or you can withdraw from that class if it's a relationship just break up because you you've got you know? nothing really to lose i mean it feels like there's everything to lose in the moment but at the end of the day i mean a club is a club a college really i mean it's just like really it, it's just you're in college chill you know <laughs> so yeah for sure all right uh is that all you wanted to mention about college relationships no I, i'm happy to keep going but uh what, what aspect do you want to talk about um well how do you find a balance between uh in terms of time management um yeah so Bindi and I definitely struggled I think at the start of a relationship with time management because I would agree to go to like an MH boys night or something and I wouldn't necessarily tell you and uh normally we had already planned something either like even something as small as to go to Coughlin but sometimes it was a dinner and I would completely bail on that and uh that was definitely a poor part on my communication and I think a communication between us just because uh what's the method of communicating so we found a balance through a shared calendar we have a little eye calendar and um we put all of our things on it and if something comes up we we can see oh it conflicts with um our dinner date well then we can actually talk about it like hey are we able to move the dinner or should I move this meeting and we're able to kind of play uh calendar uh I don't know, like a game with it. And yeah. and it definitely helped with communication and allowed us to separate our time. Like, oh, we have a free two hours. Let me go have drinks with 
you know, um, for me, like it would be with Ethan because I have two free hours. I'm going to go hang out with Ethan. I'm going to have a beer. Um, and then I can, after the two hours or whatever, then we'll go to our dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it definitely opened my mind um, about how free my time is and how to allocate that time for the relationship. Yeah. And for me, it didn't just help for the relationship. It helped me. Now I'm using it every single second of the day because it's so efficient. Like and if it isn't on the calendar, it doesn't exist. It like does that's how I feel. Exist. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, it's it's super good for planning classes and everything. And also just seeing, oh, I shouldn't bother this person right now because obviously they have this class um, at this exact time. Yeah. And I guess another note I want to make about um, time is I think it's important in university to have uh, quality time with your partner mm-hmm. and not just time because I've noticed a lot of couples maybe they'll just hang out in their scapto room and what binge a show on Netflix which is important and great and everything but generally they they fall in this routine of that's all they do they mm-hmm. miss out on the dates on a hike on a, a weekend trip to Sofia on on this quality time where both of you are actively making an effort to bond um which weakens the relationship because if all it is is a Netflix buddy then mm-hmm. there's nothing to keep the relationship going you aren't building as a team um versus if you have designated quality time something as small as taking a walk to pacinovo or a walk around the city mm-hmm. um it's that quality time that builds a team uh and that's what a relationship i mean we're just a team so yeah quality time over time that's so true that's so true and um i think living off campus has also kind of made it easier for us especially in terms of like quality time because you can cook you can clean you can go out yeah to different parts of the city more easily you mm-hmm. know and that's i think that was another big part of my uh, timeline that i forgot to mention is is the off campus when we went on for covid uh sophomore year no freshman year spring i went home i came back sophomore year fall and I decided I want to live off campus. I was still living on campus at the time, and I found an apartment, uh, which is a bit unique because ABG doesn't allow this anymore. Uh, you can't just live off campus at any time, but I've been living off campus since second semester, sophomore year through now, which has completely changed my life. I absolutely love it, recommend it. Um, it's a pain in the ass at times, but it's uh, it's opened up opportunities that I wouldn't have on Scapto. So yeah, living off campus has been huge for our relationship, but also just personally, I mean, it having the separation between sleep and relaxation and then work and clubs and friends is just huge. It's amazing. I can't imagine life without the apartment. And it's like living on the same floor as your best friend is awesome until it becomes too much and you have an assignment to do and and you burn out and, you know, sometimes you just want to watch Netflix or call your mom or do something. And it's like Scapto isn't necessarily always the place for that. Or if you just want to cook a home-cooked meal, it's really hard to do that in Scapto. So living off campus for me has been, I mean, just an absolute life changer. Mm -hmm. For sure. All right. I have a few small, quick questions Mm -hmm. for you. Um, And after that, we can move on to the Q&A. So fun, just really quick questions. Um, Starting with, what's your go-to order in the canteen? My go-to order in the canteen, it's two kufte and fries. All right. Perfect. Uh, What's your favorite spot on campus to hang out? Favorite spot on campus to hang out? Ooh, um, the Mac Lab. 
Okay. What's your favorite spot to study on campus? Favorite spot to study? It would either have to be the um, ground floor of the library. Okay. Or a basement classroom. Mm. Basement classrooms hit differently. They do. Yeah. Especially on a weekend when no one's there and it's cold and quiet and dark. Mm -hmm. It just feels like the zone. Yeah. And um, for some reason, like, I would not be able to relax in BAC no matter how much I tried. Like, if I go to BAC, if I step foot in that building, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do work. Do you get that feeling, kind of? Like, I like I associate it so much with school and schoolwork and library. Uh, whereas in the apartment, I cannot sit down and relax. Yeah, I don't know if I have it as strongly as you. Um, but definitely when I'm in the library, it feels like work. Like, today I went to the library and I just sat down for an hour and I was able to pump out half of an assignment. And it was like, it felt great. Where I wouldn't be able to do that anywhere else on campus. Mm-hmm. So definitely something with the library um, feels like sit down hardcore study. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else kind of feels a bit lazier. Mm-hmm. Um, an apartment is probably the worst. Yeah. Um, all right. What's your favorite restaurant in Blago? I've probably had the this best memories at Roots. One. I mean, mm-hmm. I know it's cliche and, and everything, uh, but Ethan and I de- developed a wonderful relationship with Drago and Kircho. Um, I brought my parents there. Bindi and I had our first date there. Um, mm-hmm. So it just has a, so many memories. Um, and the atmosphere is great. I, I don't necessarily like how much they've raised the prices. Uh, I can't go there as often as as I once did, um, which is sad. But the atmosphere is beautiful. The 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 workers are wonderful their aperol spritz are nice it just feels different it feels nice it's cozy uh, the memories so it it has a lot lot for me yeah it's the one place in blago you don't have to speak bulgarian yeah consistently it's just like you can just go and be you and eat what you want and eat as much as you want as little as you want they don't judge there's no weirdness it's just you're there mm-hmm. and, and it's nice um I would probably agree with you. Yeah. Um, so, fuck, Mary kill. I'm including roots, of course. Uh, and flavor. And be free. So, kiss, Mary kill. Flavor, roots, right, be you. free. Okay. I'm, I'm fucking roots. Really? Yeah. Um, I, they don't necessarily have the marriage material. Uh, <laughs> if you have conversations with um, Kircho and Drago, I mean, they definitely don't give that long-term relationship vibe. Maybe it's just like the bro talk we have, mm-hmm. um, but definitely the vibe is kind of just like a one-night stand. All right. Um, I would probably marry Flavor, uh, just because they have so much variety. They can cook a lot, and uh, most of it tastes really good. Mm. And their cocktails are like are solid. They have a nice selection of alcohol. Their wine's not too bad. The cocktails aren't too bad. The pasta's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had their ribs. They're good. The atmosphere's clean. You know, its morals feel good. You know, it just it's solid. Versus, uh, I would kill Beef Free. It's it just feels a little shady, skanky. Like I go there to get drunk, but like with some pretty fruits. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Interesting descriptions. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's play another round. Kiss, okay. Mary kill, BAC, main building, or ABF. Ooh. Um, da, 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 da. I'm going to marry BAC. Okay. Definitely. Uh, just, it, yeah, it, it gives wifey. We'll just put it at that. I'll kill, um, I'll kill ABF. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to fuck, uh, main building. Really? Yeah. It's, it's giving MILF. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That you're the first person to to not kill main building. Everybody really? else has been killing main building. No. Maybe because you don't actually come here too much. You're... I come here for the radio and like one class. Yeah. And it's just like, it just gives this like, ooh, older, you know, <laughs> I don't know. There's just something there, right? Yeah. I, I, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I can see the appeal. Uh <laughs> definitely not the answer that i was expecting though i I was expecting you to go with the the, the rest but you know yeah you know we're goes. quirky like that mm-hmm. all right we have some questions from the audience uh first question what are the plans after abg it's a great question um personally it's kind of between doing masters um yeah okay so primarily i'm looking at master programs so i had applied to the peace corps i was received an invitation to the peace corps i was going to go to mongolia for 27 months uh but i eventually declined that invitation because the timing was just wrong uh for accepting it yada 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 um and then so that was one option my second option is uh, doing a master's program. So I'm looking at an Erasmus Mundus master's um, through the University of Glasgow. I'm looking at American in DC. And I'm looking at a dual degree program with Fletcher and College of Europe. Um, and also CEU for, for politics. But anyway, uh, those so that's my kind of master's programs that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, staying in Bulgaria to get a job is, is an option but one that's kind of on the back burner. It feels like that's kind of like a backup option, um, but there's a lot of pros with it. You know, you have a built-in friend group, so many people go to Sofia after uh, ABG, so that would be nice, and, and it just kind of feels relaxing in a way. Um, and then another option is going back to the U.S. to to work. Mm-hmm. So those are kind of the main options. I, I'm really kind of leaning towards master's at the moment uh, simply because the scholarship I'm on uh continues after so i would kind of be throwing money away if i don't do a master's so it's kind of pragmatic to just continue education rather than giving up that money um but that depends if i'm accepted anywhere Uh, you will be accepted thank you i I know um so if you were to rank by like one two three how does so master's is first second is work or second is probably going back to the u.s u.s yeah. okay so um, third is bulgaria slash other options yeah i mean i i i'm consider like 
I would like to reapply to the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps is definitely most, I align most with morals, ethics, values of the Peace Corps. Um, and if you don't know what that is, just Google it. It's like a U.S. agency program. You spend 27 months volunteering overseas. Uh, but like morals, ethics, values, I align most with the Peace Corps. But there's just a couple of um, not flaws with the program, but there's just a lot of extra time I have to account for. So I definitely have to uh work on visualizing what that looks like um deeper and how that would apply to rest of my life because it's a big time commitment and i would need just a bit more of a reason to go um other than just moral ethics values because i also can make that argument for doing a master's Mm -hmm. and doing a master sounds so reasonable right now because the job market is crashing yeah like everybody's canceling and cutting down budgets. I think both Meta and Netflix are down 70-something percent. I mean, there, there's really no room for jobs. I mean, the market's wonky. Politics are wonky. It, it doesn't feel stable. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel as bad as, like, 07, 08, uh, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not a boom. Um, certainly like we would want. not. Yeah. Uh, we'll figure it out. Um, next question... Clement's asking, how do you know Bindi? Are y'all friends? Ooh, how do I know Bindi? I know Bindi from the summer of my senior year in high school. Mm. I was at Wegman's um, grocery store, and I was up on their upstairs cafe checking Instagram when I got this notification. Um, it was... Actually, I received two notifications. I think you guys texted on the same day. Gerhard Memma texted me. Um, and then right after was Bindi. Uh, I don't remember what Gary said, (laughs) but I remember Bindi, uh, was asking me about the visa process and how it's going. And, and we had quite a fruitful conversation about the differences because I, I was living in DC at the time. Um, and it was, took me 20 minutes to go to the Bulgarian embassy. So I basically was able to nag their front door every single day to get my visa, um, versus when ben, when Bindi and I started texting uh, that summer, she had to go to Beijing to get a visa, and it was like this whole thing. She had to go twice, take a, like a four day train, a tra- like I was just blown away by the amount of effort that um, her and I mean the rest of the Mongolians uh, did to to get their Bulgarian visa. And I remember her visa was delayed, and we were texting about you know oh when you when are you able to come she came a little late to orientation week and mm-hmm. that's kind of how we met we took the same bulgarian class mm-hmm. um i was definitely distracted by a lot of the americans so we didn't necessarily sit together or have too many conversations and then um i responded to one of her stories about starting the sustainability club mm-hmm. and then in da, 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 da. and then you joined and then i joined and then you didn't show up to meetings i never showed up to a meeting and i remember chrissy was one i think she was on the board i don't really remember no, what she was i, don't, I think uh, she was just a member maybe she was just a member but she oh no i think she was in the board actually yeah so yeah. she was i i heard you know through the grapevine that i was uh gonna be kicked out <laughs> and then i received a text from bindi asking me you know, where are you? Why aren't you coming to meetings? Yeah, yeah, very valid. Um, so she texted me, and at the time I was in the U.S. dealing with some like family issues, and I was like, "Oh, I'm coming back to you know Bulgaria." Sorry, yada yada yada. And she, you know, it was very understanding, and and I ended up going to 
uh, I think the one of their first events mm-hmm. was creating these suggestion boxes. They were recycled boxes where students could write down suggestions about how to make the campus more sustainable. And um, everyone was like hodgepodging these boxes and they were very cool. And the only person that didn't have a partner that day was Bindi. Mm-hmm. And um, Bindi texted me to come to the event and I came. And we were chatting while we were making our box, which we still have. It's mm-hmm. on um, one of the shelves in, in our apartment. Uh, but yeah, that's how we started talking. And then a few days later, I asked her out. And that's the rest is history, I guess. Damn. Is that an accurate? That's pretty... Um, it's neutral. It's neutral. It's non-biased. I like that version. You like that? Okay. This is an acceptable version to tell people? Yes. Okay. Uh, we know you like to... I'll get a couple drinks in and I'll, I'll tell a completely different story. You like to which tell different maybe stories. Maybe more accurate, but... Which is not accurate. <laughs> um, and I'm grateful that you told the right story. Of this course, time. I, I had to. Yeah. All right. And that's about it in terms of Q&A, Q&As. Do you have any final comments for our listeners? No, I mean, I I think definitely don't take ABG too seriously. Um, You know, focus on your grades, but grades don't have to be the only thing in your life. Um, Focus on clubs and friends and people and explore Bulgaria. Uh, Explore Europe as much as you can, you know, visa permitting. Uh, And yeah, just just take it easy. Everyone everyone gets through. I mean, it's very hard to, to not succeed at ABG. You know, if, if you fail a class, you can go through, uh, what is this? Uh, I don't know. My part, Parmovka's like rehabilitation AB course. 106. Yeah, something like this. Yeah. And, you know, you learn about time management. And some people don't have these skills when they come to ABG. And they take this course and, you know, they, they change their mind and they're able to gain these skills. And, and it's an awesome place to learn. Um, don't focus about your GPA. Don't don't focus about anything. Just, just be you. Be happy. Um, everyone gets through it. Everyone has a different path. Period. Slay. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you for the. Thank you for the conclusion. I think that was super valid, and I think what we discussed today was probably one of the more insightful episodes in terms of personal perspectives and um, some kind of niche experiences. Let's say. So thank you for coming, Spencer, and enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the rest of the year. Um, I will see you right after this episode because we're going back together. And yeah. Wonderful. See ya. Bye. Why can't can't on your zipper? Lick you like a lizard when I'm slizzard or sober. Six million ways to